Hello everyone, I'm Sophie and this is Under the Hood, a podcast by Le Studio where we talk about the true ins and outs of entrepreneurship with real-life innovators. This podcast series is about ideation and how ideas turn into business propositions. Today we're talking to Urs Neighbor, the chief medical officer and co-founder of Zeit Medical. Zeit Medical is a company that focuses on early stroke detection at home and their first product is a wearable. As it happens, Zeit Medical is also a Tamar Capital portfolio company. So Urs, do you want to start with your intro? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm Urs. I'm a pediatric ICU doctor by training and... Um, I co-founded Zeit uh, Medical together with uh, Orestes, uh, you know, now become a dear friend over the last couple of years. And we, we met at the uh, Stanford Biodesign Fellowship Program. So I, I grew up in Germany and I studied medicine, right? And, and medicine kind of really forces you into this kind of kind of one way highway <laughs> and uh and you kind of have a pretty set route you know in medicine it's really important that you follow all the good things that uh, people have done before you it really takes a long time for you to do anything any anything innovative <laughs> and so and so for me it was really important to uh, do that earlier and so that's why i went down the road that i went down so when did zeit medical kind of come into play was it when you met this or did you maybe have the idea before through your work in medicine how did the company basically came about and maybe even the idea yeah well <laughs> no we actually uh, had this idea during our biodesign fellowship program at stanford and you know over the course of one year you're kind of really taken along this journey of innovation I was in a team with uh, two engineers and one other physician, and actually all all four of us were the founding members of Zeit, but you know the other two team members kind of uh, relatively quickly chose slightly different routes. And so the process was that we kind of looked at many, many different problems in medicine, and we actually did identify all those problems ourselves. We went lived and breathed in the in the hospital and, and spoke with anybody, and we tried to identify, you know, what are the things that really are challenging uh, in today's healthcare system, and how can we possibly change? And so we ended up um, realizing that stroke is, is a major problem. There were multiple problems that actually kind of were very similar and then kind of fused in this one problem. And so we met someone in, I think, an orthopedics clinic who he had a, he had a wake up stroke. So meaning he had a stroke at night. And that's when we kind of realized how, how terrible it is to have a stroke at night because, you know, these strokes do not wake you up. They do not cause pain. And so you continue sleeping while you really should be getting therapy <laughs> right now, right? So with a stroke, it's really so important that you get ter- therapy right uh, when you have it, as soon as you have it. And once we realized that after talking to this patient, we kind of really dug in and we learned and we spoke with more and more experts in the field. And that's kind of when we started kind of looking to options, how can we help these people, right? And so uh, then it was kind of this process of, you know, finding different ways of how we can help these people. And actually the other physician on the team, he was a vascular surgeon. And when they do that, they actually monitor people with EEG. and so. We actually did go to the operating room and, and watched one of these procedures. And it was maybe really fortunate for us, but we saw somebody have uh, actually EEG changes. So, you know, what they do is they block the artery in order to stop the blood flow and then they clean it out. 
but when they block the artery, obviously the brain doesn't get the blood, right? And so with all the blood, they, it also doesn't get any oxygen. And so without oxygen, the brain very quickly will kind of um, stop functioning. But in, in most patients, they have so much blood flow through the other side. And because the arteries in the brain are actually connected, isn't a big impact. But when the other, or when the other artery is also kind of blocked, then that's kind of when the problems start. And so we, that was like, oh, okay, so we can, act, this is actually something that works and we can do it. And so that's when we had our solution and we just uh, needed kind of a form factor on how we can use that technology and bring it to the patients at home. But I, I think I, because I, I, I talked to RSTs recently and I, I know that he told me that once you've basically you had isolated the problem, as you just explained very well, you had kind of a process to kind of find the, the right solution. So you had different ideas, as, as you said, like the format of what the solution will look like. And I think the what your product is right now is actually version maybe three or four of, you know, what you had in mind in, at the beginning, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we had a lot of different ideas, right? So that's kind of that's kind of one of the cool things that we learned at Biodesign was really part of that, um, really spreading your your vision or like like widening your horizon and kind of pulling in all these different ideas and putting them all on the whiteboard and then, and then say like, okay, what's feasible and what's you know what's then actually going to work and so eeg was one of those things initially and and what i told you obviously was kind of the really the the essence of what happened in the end but you're right there were a lot of different things on the on the whiteboard there were cameras and and uh you know you know motion sensors and 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 all those things kind of um they all had pros and cons right and so to this day, sometimes I think, oh, there would be some other solution that I would kind of love to explore as well. But at some point, you kind of find something that's doable, <laughs> right? Because there is some, there is a lot of things that you can try that will, you know, have, you know, if you had that kind of a compound that could then, you know, function in this kind of circumstance, then the solution would work. So there's a lot of, you know, risks with with that kind of a solution and so you know what we, we went with uh something that was already kind of clinically proven and so we kind of felt better about that because we only had one risk and that was the form factor and how we can deliver that to patients right but we knew the technology in itself was working and was actually measuring not a surrogate parameter but actually the activity of the brain but then so okay so you have you have your problem now you have your solution or basically your product and as you said, like you guys went for a product that was already based on the technology that was proven. So it's doable. I guess building a business around it is maybe the easiest part or is that a challenging, <laughs> challenging part? <laughs> well, even, you know, when we started, we, we had the technology. I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying, you know, we had the product, we had the technology and, you know, we were appropriately concerned about patient compliance because, you know, that's really important in order to have an impact. You, you want to ensure that patients can actually really use it, not just ignore it. And, and you know, it's, you can have the best medication in the world that kind of cures all the cancers if the people aren't taking it because it's, you know, scratches their throat or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> looks ugly, <laughs> then they will not benefit from it right and so we had the technology was the eeg and the 
the, but the form factor and the product weren't totally set. And, and so I'm sure, you know, initially we thought, okay, we got to make this super easy for the patient. They, as soon as they, you know, have an identified stroke risk, we place an implant under their skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. I heard about this. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. we, we actually, um, I had, a. a, a a neurosurgeon at Stanford who helped us kind of uh, look into that. And, and we, we did some tests and we kind of, you know, developed uh, um, an implant, right? And, and it really was kind of, as we kind of came to the fundraising piece that we realized that patients aren't really totally enthusiastic about this. And, and also uh, investors weren't that enthusiastic about it because implants have a lot of risks. You have to get a PMA and you have go it's a longer path and so so it took us a little bit of time because we also didn't want to give up on that idea but it took us a little bit of time to to eventually kind of pivot and say okay well that form factor isn't gonna work and and we got to find something that's different that's easier that's uh, a little bit easier to adopt so then we had our product <laughs> that yeah that i think you're touching upon also something that's uh very important when you talk about ideation actually is that you can have the best idea, you can have the, you know, a wonderful maybe solution on paper, but then you have to convince people, as you said, like the customers or the users and the investors to kind of back you up. So I don't know how easy it was for you guys uh, through that process. But yeah, I mean, that's, that seems like a challenge when you have, specifically when you're solving a problem that maybe was overlooked or, you know, in your case, this is something that's also very technical. So you, yeah, a lot of convincing to do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, there is, well, so this is one of the things with building a new company and kind of addressing a new product is that there will be so many things that are unknown unknowns, <laughs> right? So, so you didn't even know they existed. And, um, and some of them can be mission critical mm-hmm. without you knowing, yep. and, and some of them will be possibly killing your product as they did for us, right? And so I mean, not killing the product, but forcing you to choose a different route. And that's, I think, one of the key components of making something work is um, being able to adapt and being able to like, change the course, you know, and saying, okay, well, you know, it would have been really awesome if that would have worked out, but you know what, I think we have to try something slightly different. Right. And so that's, I think a a key component of, of being successful in this, in this, you know, entrepreneurship and startup field. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's something that we, we see a lot with, you know, all the entrepreneurs that we work with, usually one of the kind of uh, best qualities that they have is just being flexible and being able to adapt to any type of challenges that they face. Um, And as you said, like most of the time they weren't even expecting the type of challenges that they would face. So um, yeah. And then um, maybe tell us about, because you mentioned the biodesign program that you went through. What type of resources did you have access to in terms of, you know, tools, methodology support at the time when you went from okay there's a problem and we we get to we need to get to a solution i think within within stanford right it's not not even sort of the money i mean there is certainly you know there is substantial grants and you can find those and you can apply for those and there is a lot of that but i think what's really helpful is that there are experts on pretty much 
anything you can imagine, right? And and they're very very responsive and relatively easy to get in touch with. With as long if you're coming from you know within Stanford, right? In, in my opinion, that was the biggest um, benefit that we had there. We had access to so much brain power. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, people sometimes don't realize how many brains it takes to get get a company running. Um, and uh, that's also the beauty of it, I think, the collaboration and having, you know, uh, people kind of having this visionary idea and other people bringing the technical skills and other business skills. Um, maybe tell us about uh, how Zeit is looking like now, like the team, you, you guys have more people in the team now and, you know, how is the product looking like? So, yeah, I mean, we, as I mentioned initially, we were an implant and then we had to pivot and, and we are now building something that's very easy to wear on the outside. It's a headband. Um, we think that users can monitor themselves when they're sleeping. And that way, you know, if they have a stroke, they can get care right away. You know, this headband will have access to the internet and it'll connect to the emergency cascade. But that's not the only benefit, right? The, the other benefit the user has from this headband is that they can go to sleep without worrying, right? And, and I feel like that's almost a bigger benefit because what we realized is that a lot of people that had a stroke or even a mini stroke, you know, they, you know, had symptoms that lasted maybe, you know, half an hour and then they went away. But in that half hour, they, they kind of uh, got a little preview on what it would be to have a stroke, right? For that half hour, they couldn't use their arm. You have that dead weight hanging on your right side and you realize, oh my God, you know, this is what life would be like if my body and my brain weren't uh, in, in as good shape as they are right now. And so, you know, worrying about having another stroke is a, is a huge factor for anybody who's living with that. I think being able to go to sleep with that knowledge that something's watching over you is, especially for people that have, you know, that kind of... Um, that feel safe during the day, right? But at night, there is nothing because you're sleeping and they're sleeping, right? So, yeah, so it's a headband. Um, it's kind of like a sweatband, very easy to wear, very comfortable. And you put it on at night and that's our product. There's, of course, a lot of stuff that goes into that, right? It's, of course, not just kind of a piece of cloth. There's a lot of technology and, and software that kind of makes it all run. And so, yeah, we have two software engineers that are all both they're both really excellent they know their stuff very well we have a machine learning expert it's really kind of in the process of improving everything that we've built so far making it even stronger and usable in the home setting because you remember we first got access to eeg technology in the operating room and so the algorithms that we initially developed were operating room based and so we have to kind of transfer that knowledge to the home setting we have someone who's um, an expert in hardware development who's working with us. And we have you know, someone who is uh, a clinical uh, affairs specialist who knows how to run clinical studies. And, you know, this is kind of what I spend a lot of my time with these days is like to design a clinical trial and kind of to, to um, not only design, but to actually enact the clinical trial. And so that's kind of, she's helping me um, to a large deal there. And so, yeah, we've become a pretty big team now although it's you know comparatively to other companies we're obviously very small but it feels to me like we're very big you know because for a couple of years it was just me and Orestes. 
Yeah, that was really interesting. And I think, as you know, and as the listeners know, but we have kind of the three questions that we always ask at the end of the conversation. And that's going to kind of tie our chat together. So the first one that I usually ask, and I think it's kind of linked to everything that we said, um, what keeps you up at night as like an entrepreneur? You know, what keeps me up at night is these thoughts of like, how in the world am I going to learn all this stuff? <laughs> you know? Because it's it's this constant exposure to new things, you know, new requirements, new requests. So it's it's kind of this onslaught of needing to constantly upgrade. I'm just trying to like catch up, essentially. You know, it's that's that's what you know <laughs> keeps me sometimes up at night. You know, you know, having to kind of constantly like innovate myself, essentially. Yeah, no, I can see that constantly learning, but also it's uh, kind of stressful, especially when you're here in Silicon Valley, it feels like things are moving very, very fast. Um, we mentioned it earlier, but what do you think are the best qualities that an entrepreneur should have? And maybe you can talk about yourself or something that you've seen you know, people around you that have also founded company, but what do you think is the most important to have as an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, you know, I think, the most important thing is to have boundless optimism, you know, like believing in yourself and believing that you can actually learn all those things and, and just saying, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try something different, you know, and, and, and just kind of not giving up. That's the key, in my opinion, right? Because um, there is something, there is always something, you know, and, and it might not be the thing that you started off with. It might be something completely different. How many times do, do we hear of these really successful companies that start off being something entirely different and then become something that's successful beyond uh, imagination, but absolutely not what they started off being, <laughs> you know? So I think that's what the key pieces are to becoming successful. It's, uh, it's uh, being optimistic and believing and being open to change. Yeah. I like that you call that boundless optimism. Some people call it, you know, crazy, crazy genius where you're uh, being obstinate and just wanted to make something happen, whatever happens. But uh, yeah, I like that. But there is, I mean, there's beauty in this for sure. Um, that's at least that's the thing that I love the most about entrepreneurship. I like how you call it. They're just like, even in front of challenges, we should keep going. And that's actually a good segue to kind of our last, usual question which is with everything that you've experienced through that process with diet everything that you know about entrepreneurship if you had to do it all over again like would you do it oh yeah 100 percent, yes i mean you know it's not been easy uh like there's these constant ups and downs and um huge you know decisions and challenges but it's also been such a rich time in my life, you know, full of experiences, full of things that made me feel alive and part of something. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's absolutely been one of the best times in my life. I love this. Yeah, that's good. I think um, every time we ask that question, I think we had like a hundred percent yes answer to doing it again, even with all the goods and bads. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm glad. <laughs> that we're not going to um, discourage people to do that. But uh, no, this is, this is great. And this, I mean, this conversation has been great. Obviously, we could talk about, 
you know, Zeit and, and the process and everything else for hours. But, but thank you so much. And um, do you, uh, would you want people to maybe follow yeah. you guys on social media platform? Is there anything that if they're interested in knowing more about you guys, they can, they can go on and, and see? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Really appreciate the time that you took to talk to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, people can come to our webpage, zeitmedical.com. And then also we're on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. So yeah, just find us and follow us. And we're constantly also posting stuff on our blog that you can access through our webpage that has all a lot of information about stroke and stroke care and the latest latest and greatest in that area and so come and join us no for sure and we'll be following the success of right obviously for sure keep um, the listeners updated on everything that you do um on our end um thanks for listening uh, to this podcast same you can follow us on our social media platforms at lestudio.io everywhere and uh, actually next time we're going to be talking to Uh, Pierre Giraud, who, uh, who is the uh, CEO and founder of a venture builder, so a little bit similar to the studio, uh, and a different perspective on ideation uh, from the investor side of things. So can't wait for you guys to listen to that as well. Thank you so much. Thank you.